Welcome back to the DC Beer Show, everybody. I am Jake, and with me, I have Brandy. Hello, hello. And we've got Mike. Greetings, beer lovers. We have a special guest joining us a little bit later. Ooh, tell us who. It's Why a don't secret. You tell us who. Yeah, so Richard and I had the opportunity to sit down with Greg Ingert at the shelter. Um, and uh, had a nice little interview, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. But for now, let's let's get into something that's very controversial during this time of year, and that, it, for me specifically, is pumpkin beer. But with this episode, I think Mike Stein and Jacob Berg said something about yucking my yum. Don't yuck my yum. So let's talk about that. It's 2020. There's a pandemic. There's civil unrest. Please, I don't like pumpkin beer. I don't like hard <laughs> seltzer. But we just need to let people enjoy things. My my plea to you, the viewing audience, please don't yuck someone else's yum. Mm. Mike. Just, just let me have my yum as my cup runneth over with pumpkin spice, imperial stout, donut glazed cider, and my hard seltzies. I said, let's have a show called Don't Yuck My Yum, mm-hmm. because a while ago, uh, DC Beer editor Emeritus Bill DeBond was like, all right, I got to get over myself. This beer is gross, but I'm not going to call you out for drinking gross beer. So let's get into it. Let's get into what we like and why, you know, you used to think it was yucky and now you think it's yummy or why it's cool not to just dump on somebody else's personal preferences. So I will say I have enjoyed a pumpkin beer here and there. From my experience, the ones that I have tried, and which have been, you know, probably 20 total over the past, geez, forever years, I guess, mm-hmm. none of them were the flavor profile that I thoroughly enjoy. I'll always try it. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to try that because I would never do that. So, but they're, they're usually just not my thing. And they leave a weird taste in my mouth. I don't drink pumpkin spice coffees and stuff like that. There are tons of people who like that stuff and Mm -hmm. good for you. Um, I don't, I don't shit on it, but I will say that I have had some pumpkin slash gourd beers that really blew me away. I was surprised, but those particular ones that I liked weren't like the others. Like they weren't just like, pumpkin spice cinnamon, like here, you know, it was just like, they had more depth to them. And the ones that I really liked were really close to like a brown ale, you know, which, which I liked just with a little hints of, you know, gourd pumpkin in there. So I, I'm not against them. They're just not my favorite, you know? So, yeah. yeah. You know, everyone's tastes change right over time. Mm -hmm unless you're like an adult boy, like, <laughs> and you just like eat chicken nuggets and, you know, man, yeah. yeah, but I will continue to try something and which has been great for me because I have found certain things that I like, not all of them, but some things. So, but yeah, I just, I can't get behind seltzer. I just can't do it. You know, I don't dump on hard seltzer. I'm not crushing them left and right, but I do understand the value they bring if truly a rising tide raises all boats and you want to bring more people under the big tent of craft beer. Yeah, I think that last point is a good one in that. So 
DC Brow started making this full transparency seltzer. And it's perfectly fine. But if I'm going to go to DC Brow, I'm not going to drink the seltzer over, say, Brow Pills or a Fresh Corruption or what have you. But I respect that they're doing it because if you're DC Brow and you see someone go to the grocery store and buy, say, Truly or White Claw, they could be buying your full transparency. So sure, go out there, make that, get paid. Like, drink local is something that DC Beer has been all about for quite some time now. And I think that, that should certainly extend to seltzer, to distilled products, to cider. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's where I was going to go with the, with the hard seltzer. I don't love it, but I think it's great that they ju jumped very quickly on the bandwagon, um, especially when this White Claw stuff came out. And DC Brow was like, boom, hit the ground running with the hard seltzer. There are so many people that like it. Have either of you seen hard seltzer in a cocktail, like on a mm. cocktail list? I haven't really seen a lot of hard seltzer on cocktail menus. What I have seen, I've done takeout from the salt line a couple of times, and they have their frozen DC crush at the salt line, which is Finlandia, Luxardo, Triplum, Orange, and then Browse Orange Crush mm. hard seltzer. And it's delightful. And I have to say it comes in like a little a little bottle uh, with a orange label. Obviously, the liquid is orange with a white border around it and a white cap on the bottle. And it just looks like it's totally a sucker punch to my youth of like drinking Orange Crush as a kid. Yeah, we want to be clear here that we're talking about two different kinds of Orange Crush. <laughs> One, the soda of Mike's and my childhood youth, like Orange yeah. Crush, Slice, um, Sunkissed, Fanta Orange, what have you. Yeah. And not the and then, R.E.M. song. Yeah, and not right. the R.E.M. <laughs> song. Um, also, <laughs> since we're children of the 80s. And then also Orange Crush, um, DC's favorite beach drink, which is vodka, orange juice, triple sec, and then something sparkling. And you go to like Rehoboth or Virginia Beach and you drink too many of them. And then you swear off orange-based cocktails for a long time. <laughs> or so my friends tell me. Yeah. So I've heard. <laughs> that drink sounds good, Mike. The one at Saltline. Yeah. Line. yeah. Oh, I miss Saltline. And Saltline had another cocktail, um, another bottled, you know, to-go cocktail that was really good. I can't remember if it was <laughs> like Frozen Dell's Shandy or Fish, Fish House Punch. But yeah, like, I, I think it's easy for me to bemoan like, oh, the salt line, because I've celebrated my birthday every summer there since it opened. And obviously this summer, you know, we still have yet to dine indoors or out, but we did lobster rolls to go for my birthday, which was like a big to do. And we got the two frozen cocktails and it was like, yes, this is, this is it, right? Like I can be bummed and pissed about the state of the world or I can be grateful for what we have. And I think, you know, the salt line is definitely. I just want the oysters. Throw them in my yeah, mouth. Yeah. yeah. I'll be like a seal. Arr, arr, and like throw them like. <laughs> <laughs> so oysters. And then are you pairing that with a pumpkin brown ale? Oysters? What's, no. What's How dare pairing? you? <laughs> you filthy man. <laughs> um, the last time I had oysters, we just drank like a light beer. I tend to like a nice sparkling wine sometimes when I have oysters, oh, yeah. but um, yeah. it all, you know, it all depends what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah. But Mike, I appreciate your efforts in trying to get us back to pumpkin beer. 
That was that was that, so, that was sorry, well I missed done. the transition. No, no, I'm I'm eager to talk about pumpkin beer. So I had a, a Schlafly pumpkin, which is to me the end all be all of pumpkin beers. I should say I'm not a huge pumpkin beer fan. There was a time where I got big into uh, Southern Tears Pumpkin, right? It's mm. like that nine percent really strong beer. And then after a while with that, I got really into like Imperial pumpkin beers to the point where I drink a lot of the craft versions. And unfortunately they, they just were hot. And I learned what too much ethanol in a beer tastes like in like a nine, 10, 11 ABV beer. It was like, this just tastes hot. There's no like nutmeggy, clovey, vanilla, pumpkin spice. It's just like ethanol. And so Schlafly's, I think, is 7%, which to me is is still pretty strong. The majority of beers I drink these days are like 4 to 5%, but I just find Schlafly's to be like the gold standard. So what makes this one the gold standard? Well, it's a bit like Goldilocks. It's not too strong. It's not the 9% pumpkin from Southern Tier. To Brandy's point about brown ale, it has good malt character. There's depth there. So it's not as light as some of the other, I don't say macro produced pumpkin beers, but the pumpkin beers that are, that are brewed in a, in a greater quantity that maybe have more flavoring. They have like an element of kind of, oh, that tastes like pumpkin flavoring from like the carton. So I think depth. When Red Bear, I did the interview with Desiree Dick and Brian from Red Bear, they brought over their gourd slash pumpkin beer they poured it forever for me and I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I was like, oh my God, this is so freaking good. And I was really impressed. So um, I think it was like Gort. I don't remember the name of it. I probably should know. I'm sorry for missing, but. The Red Bear beer is called <laughs> Gord Riddance. Get it? Gord, good pun. Yes. Thank you, Brandy. Yeah. That's the <laughs> only pumpkin beer being made in DC right now. And to me, I think that's really interesting. Like Brow used really? to make, yeah. There are no other DC breweries. And indeed, like if you go out to like Maryland and Virginia in the, in the suburbs, or even like inside the Beltway, Gord Rince might be the only pumpkin beer made inside the Beltway right now. And it's, it's remarkable to watch how few breweries, they all, I feel like they all dropped pumpkin beer and they picked up <laughs> seltzer. What? Okay, that's interesting. Cause there, yeah. there, there clearly is a fan base for that, you know? Yeah, huh. I mean, like, like people see pumpkin come out and it hits the shelves in like July and half of the DC beer Twitter feed starts complaining and the other half is like, yes, and just posts like um, the Nightmare Before Christmas gifts and David <laughs> S. Pumpkins dancing around. Oh, and yeah. So that concludes the contentious McLaughlin group style <laughs> debate as to pumpkin beer and seltzer and uh, for, for this time, wrong! We're going to uh, turn it over now to Brandy, who visited Shelter last week. Brandy, what did you have to drink? Was it cool? What did you like about the spot? Yeah, so I was really pumped. I had a, a friend date with Richard. If you don't know Richard, he's the daddy of DC Beer. And uh, we went there because we I think we both just needed to get out of the house and so we went to shelter and I never venture over to that area of DC, but I will say because I had such a great time, I will venture back over there again. And I did actually. So when Richard and I went last Thursday, we sat right in front of big French, huge open doors and had phenomenal service, had some great beer, 
We each got something different to eat. He got tacos. I got a burger because um, the whole concept behind Shelter is like kind of like a food hall. And I didn't even know that before I went in there. I was just like, oh, we're going to Greg Ingert's new place. That sounds great. Beer. Cool. And I walked in like, oh, cool. I get it. The patio, the outdoors was just really awesome. And I just, I couldn't wait to go back. And I did go back. Richard and I had the opportunity to sit down with Greg Ingert and ask him a few questions about shelter. And uh, this is what he has to say. Hi, I am here with Greg Ingert at Shelter slash The Roost slash Cameo, a lot of places, but it's a fantastic space. I wish you could see it, see what I'm seeing right now. We've asked Greg here to get a little bit of more information about what's going on and, and get the skinny. So Greg, if you don't mind sharing with the audience really quick who you are in case these people have been living under a rock for how long and don't know who you are. Brief intro. Cool. Thank you very much. It is great to see you two in the flesh. <laughs> I'll say that. Richard is here, though he is masked and not speaking right now. So um, thank you for coming by. Uh, we are at Shelter, uh, which is on 14th and Pennsylvania Southeast, not far from Blue Jacket. I'm Greg Engert. I'm the beer director and partner for the Neighborhood Restaurant Group. We have a couple dozen amazing locations throughout D.C., Northern Virginia, and Maryland. But then also we have Grand Delancey up in New York City. All of these concepts are open in one way or another right now, though not uh, any of them in the way that they were prior to the middle of March of this year, of course. Shortly before uh, everything went down, we were really, really making headway on the roost, which is where we are today. And then things got slowed down. We finally got it going here after three long years. And the roost is a 12,000 square foot food hall, for lack of a better term, although I think that we're doing things uh, differently than most food halls here, with two bars that kind of anchor the concept, one being shelter, uh, the beer focus bar that is open, the other being show of hands, which is our low ABV cocktail and wine bar that's going to open uh, sometime soon, although the offerings from show of hands are currently being you know, showcased through shelter. So it's as if we have two bars going right now. Cameo is our eco-friendly coffee shop run by Nazia Khan, an amazing, amazing um, spot that opened uh, about a couple months ago now. And then we have a number of food vendors, including Red Apron and Hi-Fi Taco and Slice Joint, our pizza concept, that are available right now. Mostly outdoor seating at Shelter, but the really cool thing is that we have our QR code system. You can order from your table through your phone, very safe, hands-off, socially distanced, and get beers, wines, and spirits, and cocktails from Shelter. And the food from those three vendors I mentioned brought all to your table, uh, typically in a lightning quick fashion. It's uh, an exciting new project, and I think our entire company um, was really needing something like this to focus on and something to celebrate. If I was coming here for the first time, what should I expect? And especially with the pandemic, you've had to make, I'm assuming, some very large changes. Those changes, how has that affected how a patron would come in normally? How is it different than what you envisioned? Well, unbeknownst to us, we had actually designed a business that was prepared for COVID. We always knew that having, you know, a dozen food vendors and two really cool bars was going to be something that was going to rely on on-premise seating and eating and drinking. 
But of course, we always knew we were going to do huge amounts of carry out and delivery. We wanted to have remote ordering. We knew we were going to do that because we wanted you to be able to sit. We're, you're going to have seating all over this place and not have to get up and wait in line for a piece of pizza and then tacos and then a pint of beer and then a cocktail. So we had remote ordering already in place. So when this happened, we were like, well, perfect. The big major thing now is that we are not doing, we're doing only very limited indoor seating. And even that's indoor outdoor, as you saw when you all were came by last week, we have shelter opens up completely in the front. So you're basically outside. We have a few tables inside. Otherwise, lots and lots of tables, about 80 seats outside and everything going that way. That's great to hear. I will justify what Greg said. When Richard and I were here on Thursday, we sat literally right in front of the big doors. Um, they're not, are they technically French doors? The, the big doors. And it felt like we were outside. And the patio was, was full, but everybody was spaced apart. And I felt very, very safe. And I, I have to you know, really think about that because I have autoimmune issues. So I felt really comfortable, really safe. And I was really excited to see you know, red apron on the menu. I tried to order a burger, but it had some tomato stuff in it. So I got, I got a little bummed about that, but I had really good food. Um, and uh, Dylan was amazing. The staff was phenomenal. So I will say just from our visit, it, it was really, 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 really great. I'm glad you mentioned Dylan Pitcher is the bar manager for Shelter. Let's talk about something that everyone wants to know about because it's the DC Beer Show. Beer. So Loa Beer, why? And also... Why did you choose the beers that are currently on on rotation? How many beers should people expect when they? So if I walk in, am I am I do I have a church key list? <laughs> do I have a blue jacket list? Do you know like t- tell me tell me what your uh, your inspiration behind the beer? Um, when it comes to shelter, okay, it was initially going to be fifty drafts. Uh, initially, a couple real ales at all times, very similar to what we're doing at Grand Delancey right now. And then we learned that, uh, you know, with 50% capacity max and only be open five days of the week to start, seeing how things have gone at Blue Jacket and the Rusticos and our other locations, we knew in Owens Ordinary up in Maryland, you can't have, it does nobody any good to have 50 beers right now because there's just not enough volume of service. So we started whittling that down and ended up at about 20, keeping our fingers crossed that the business would allow that to continue. And it has. And I think we may even be able to increase it. So 20 is not 50, but 20 is a lot in 2020 all of a sudden. And we want to make sure we're going through the kegs fresh. So yeah, we have 20 drafts, all temp controlled still, just like at Church Key and Owens Ordinary, Grand Alancy, Sovereign. And the low ABV thing came from the idea, first came from show of hands because we were like, okay, this is a food hall. It's open on the weekends during the day. We knew there's lots of families around here. And also I am aging as all of us are right now. And increasingly, I know, increasingly enjoying things that don't knock me down at first blush. And so I have been, as everybody uh, I think has been like more and more interested in lower ABV beers. So originally we were gonna have, you know, 25 of the 50 B lower ABV. Well, now we have about 12 out of the 20. So I'm feeling really good about that. We brought in some side pulls for the five of the loggers that we're using all of them right now. They're incredible. They really do help a lot to give more textural life to the lagers that we're pouring, um, make them creamier and richer on the palate, uh, more long-lasting foam. And then the real ale. So we're doing one right now, but it's going really well. So maybe we'll add a second cask at some point soon. We were not intending to have any bottles or cans 
um, because we were just like, you know, it's like a beer hall kind of thing. Just come in, drink volumes of lower ABV beers and like go along your way. But then when we were allowed to do takeout and delivery, we added a really cool focus selection of cans, four packs and six packs, and then um, some reserve bottles that we've stashed away. Very proud of my team for being able to put together the list that we did, even with so many restrictions in place. We were able to get some really cool lagers, particularly lagers and German beers, including one that we're drinking right now from overseas, in spite of all of the restrictions. And so you'll find breweries that are really difficult to get, like Schwendel, the Weissbier brewery that we're drinking right now, or Traunstein, or Schönram. Uh, or even Roadhouse. These are breweries that you just don't see around a lot. So I was happy, like, it wasn't like we just had to use what was there. We, we, we sought things out, we procured a lot, and the list was amazing and just gonna keep getting better. I got really excited when I saw the Roadhouse on the menu when I was here on Thursday. <laughs> I got so excited. I drank a big old, big old stein of that. <laughs> really touched on everything that I was gonna ask you. I do want to ask about the to-go beer because I know that um, I had Mexican radio on cask. I think uh, when I was here, and it's just, you just have one cask for now, right? Is that what you said? So what beers, when people order something, Red Apron or what have you to go from shelter, what beers can they expect to see put in a, in a can? Like, do you have a canning? Do you have a crowler machine no, here? Great, question. great okay. question. We're not doing crawlers. We're just procuring and purveying four and six packs of cans from our favorite breweries around. And then we have a bunch of 750 mls. We have a huge selection of natural wines. We have bottled cocktails from Show of Hands that we actually bottle ourselves. So like. You, I like to say we open also like one of the best liquor stores in the area when we open this thing and that's all there. We are not doing growlers or crowlers because, it, you know, honestly, they didn't take off when we did them. People were more interested in just the cans and the bottles. We don't, they're not as great for us for the quality over time. It's a lot to have to drink in a, in a sitting, et cetera, et cetera. However, if you come in and you want to take a draft beer away, we have compostable cups and lids. Happy to do that. Just don't drink it on the street. You can drink it someplace else. But we've, uh, you know, we definitely can can make that happen. And we have we have neighbors in the building and otherwise who will come in for football. And it's so cool. Like they'll get some food on Sunday. They'll get a four pack, and then they'll be like, you know what? I'll take, you know, a lager to go. And you know, whatever they do with that is up to them. But um, yeah, that's a that's been a fun a fun thing. Hell yeah. Thank you, Greg, for meeting with us today. This was awesome. And coming in, coming in on your day off, you know, you're closed today. So, but which is good for the interview because it's kind of quiet and no one's here. But so thanks. But uh, enjoy. Good luck with everything. We thoroughly enjoyed it. We highly recommend everyone coming out to, to Shelter and the Roof slash Cameo and, and uh, keeping things going. Thank you guys so much. Great to see you. It was lovely talking to him. He was, he's such a nice person to talk to and I felt warm and invited. And when we did the interview, it was just the three of us and Richard was wearing his mask and like passing the microphone back and forth at a distance so we can sit so far apart from each other and be like, ask questions and still drink a beer. It was really cute. If I had to leave with one thing to, to say about my visit with shelter is I honestly can't wait to go back. Like I want, I, I hope they put out heaters, which I'm pretty sure they are. And it's just a great, great place, great beer selection. And not over the top, but like chill, inviting, 
And I'm just really thankful. Shout out to Greg and the Shelter crew for, for hosting us. It was great. So go check out Shelter. Thank you, Brandy. We are concluding with, as we usually do, what are you folks drinking? Mike, please. I am drinking a lovely lager beer, a Schonrama Gold. This is a mm. fest beer out of Bavaria. Hecho and Bayerisch, you know, the Bavarian uh, state here. So this beer is a wonderful beer. Uh, when I talked to Greg Angert last year, he said, some beers you must pour at all costs. But fortunately, the Schonrama Hells, the, uh, it's not a Hellerbach, but it's a fest beer, but it's super pale. It's uh, four Pretty. bucks a bottle. It's a lovely, beautiful, you will not find a fest beer this pale brewed inside the Beltway, basically anywhere in the U.S. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful marriage of malt and hop. It's a 6% uh, fest beer. It drinks like 3.5%, so it's very sneaky. Don't underestimate the sneakiness, but it can be yours for four bucks from the Church Key Beer Shop, should you feel so inclined. Word. What are What are you drinking, Brandy? Two things. My my warm up beer for the podcast was the Rheinwasser from Rocket oh, yeah. Frog. I mm. had a little excursion on Saturday, all by myself. Nice. I drove out to pick up some. Things I found on Facebook market page, like some old mirrors and shit. It's weird. Nice. And I was like, well, while I'm out here, it'd be a shame <laughs> not to go to some breweries. And I wanted to go to Ocelot. I texted mm -hmm. Adrian and he wasn't there. And I was like, damn it. And I texted Richard <laughs> at Rocket Frog. I'm like, hey, you there? He's like, no, I'm golfing. I'm like, damn it. So, <laughs> but, but I still went. So I went to Rocket Frog first and picked up. The brown ale, which I love, Wallops oh, yeah. Island. Wallops uh, actually, I, I drank I drank that while I was there, and I'm pretty sure I grabbed a, a pack to go. So, but I grabbed the Rheinwasser, and then since I was right around the corner, I'd be stupid not to go to Crooked Run. So oh, I went yes. to Crooked Run and got the Motorhead, which mm. is the I think is the Schwarz yeah the Schwarz beer oh, yeah. lager that they had a whole yes. fest that happened two weeks ago now or something like that. Mm. Very fairly recently. And I was so excited that they still had cans of the Schwartz beer because uh, I was yes. dying to try. And it's quite good. 5% for the Schwartz beer. Mm -hmm. And the Rheinwasser is 4.6. It's under so, 5, 4, 6. Very yes, respectable. Yes. Shout out well, to, to everybody. Logger on with your dark Schwartz. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Oh. Don't worry. We're all okay. still here. We're good. Okay. What are you Jake, drinking, Jake, Mr. Bird? Drink? What is Jake drinking? I am drinking one of the hashtag whales bro of years past. I have here a can of Three Floyd's Zombie Dust, uh, which Ooh. is an all citra hopped pale ale. It mm. has all the citra in it. In probably 2017 or so, this was mm -hmm. highly, highly, highly sought after. And yep. now um, I feel like it might be insufficiently hazy. <laughs> and it has fallen by the wayside. That is everyone else's loss. This was canned 30 days ago, which I think oh, yeah. in terms of finding uh, Three Floyd zombie dust is pretty, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Liquor store I went to also had gumball head. Don't worry, everybody. Mm -hmm. It's in upstate New York. I took a negative COVID test. I'm visiting <laughs> in-laws. We went beer shopping as one does. Um, I passed on the gumball head because it was canned in July. Shout out to stores that uh, take care of the inventory. 
<laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to crack Lawson's sip of sunshine, a lovely Vermont New Englandy IPA, although not hazy New England, much more like a heady <laughs> topper, like here a whole bunch of hops in your face IPA, and that was canned last week. So I saw that and said score, and immediately grabbed two four packs. I'll be on that for the rest of the week while I'm up here, hopefully staying COVID free. Did you actually say the word score out loud while you were in the store? Because if not, I'm going to be disappointed. No, I really might have said score and, and also pump. I think I pumped my fist like um, oh. like, a, like, a, like a golfer. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're yeah, it, it, was, it was a cool beer dad moment on my part. It's, <laughs> it's a shame your, your that Your nerd no one, game is, is on 100. Yeah, your yeah, nerd game is, is bumping. No document. You're leveling up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But score. on that note, we're going to sign off and tell you to please follow. DC Beer on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram Woo-hoo. at DC Beer and also on Discord. Again, Discord server, check the show notes. We'll have more good news with lots of fun features on Discord coming your way. Until next week, good night, everybody. Good luck. Thanks, Stay Jay. safe. Good night. Bye, gang. Bye. Yay.